Hey, gold friends, it's me, Adrian, or Aiden. Either way, I am still your host, and you are still listening to Susto, the podcast of Ookie Spooky Scary Stories. Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in. And if this is your first time, grab a seat, sit down, open your ears, say your prayer. Thank you for joining us. You all, I hope you are well-rested. If you had a a long weekend this weekend, if you had Monday off, um, I hope it was restful for you. If not, I hope that you still find rest regardless. So I took a trip back home to visit family and friends, and it felt very, I need a vacation from the vacation, which is, I know, an extremely privileged thing to say, but <laughs> because it was only a weekend, I felt like I was running back and forth trying to make sure that I got to see as many people as I could. So I got home and I was like, Jesus Christ, I'm tired. I'm still tired. I'm more tired than when I left, but you know, it's a really good problem to have. I had a great weekend. I hope you all did too. I really honestly debated skipping this week's episode or at least delaying it. And I was like, no, just try and stay consistent as possible. Push through. You can do it. So that being said, this is what I get for being a procrastinator and doing my episodes literally days before they're supposed to air. So that's on me. I will own up to that and hold myself accountable to that. So thank you again for being here. As you can see from the title, today's episode is going to be different than from what I normally do. So I'm going to be doing my first ever book review on the show. And hopefully I can do more because I don't know what happened, but I used to read a lot as a kid. And then as I got older, I didn't read as much. And then I stopped reading. And recently, I started reading again. So you know what it is, because I finally realized the kind of content that I want to consume. But I'm just happy to be reading again. I really did enjoy it as a kid. I really missed it. And I do enjoy it now. So I'm going to be sharing with you some of my most recent reads in this episode. But before we get into that, I want to remind everyone that if you have your own scary stories that you want me to share on the show or to share on the social media, you can do that by sending an email to sustopodcast at gmail.com. You can send me a DM on any of my social accounts. I'm pretty much on everything that's at sustopodcast, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And you can also get it to me by leaving a five-star review and putting your story in the review. So like I said before, I love doing episodes where I feature your stories and your experiences, and they don't even have to be stories. If you feel like sending me a video or an audio recording of something that you captured or a picture, whatever it might be that wouldn't do well in podcast format. Like I said, I'll share it on the socials as well. With that said, we're going to go ahead and jump into today's episode. Okay, so I'm going to preface this by saying that any opinion that I give, any anything that I say moving forward about any of the books, any of the content that I talk about in here that I have not created, which is all of it, <laughs> um, these are all just my opinions. I am not by any means a critic, a professional book reviewer, nor do I claim to be a writer or a good one at that. It, these are just, I've enjoyed reading these books, and so I you know, based on the fact that you listen to me, you listen to Sustol, I think you would enjoy these books based on that alone, because it's in that sort of paranormal horror vibe that I so enjoy and I enjoy making for you. So again, I'm sharing these in hopes that you will also like them. Maybe you've read them and you are excited to hear someone else talk about them and talk about them with you. Maybe you haven't and you're looking for recommendations. So again, just Moving forward, keep that in mind. Also, this is my 
first ever book review. So please be kind. <laughs> please be patient. I'm going to try my best to do these books justice. And if you have any suggestions, especially the folks that uh, reached out to me after last episode, where I asked if this would be a good idea. And some of you did say, please do it. I think it'd be cool. If this episode's bad, it's on you. And I'm going to share your name so that you take the blame. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but if 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 it's not good, if it is good, whatever you feel about it, if you have suggestions for me and how I should be reviewing a book, please let me know and I will gladly take them. Like I said, not a professional by any means. I'm just sharing my opinions on paranormal and horror content that I really enjoyed. So we'll go ahead and jump in and I'll just start in, I guess, in order of the books that I've read, but I'm going to tell you about this author whose name is Grady Hendrix. And just to tell you a little bit about Grady Hendrix, I'm going to read a bit from his Wikipedia entry. He is a horror novelist. He's also a journalist, a public speaker, and a screenwriter. Apparently, he's known for his best-selling 2014 novel, Horror Store, which I have read. He's originally from Charleston, South Carolina, and he has a lot of work under his belt. I'm actually trying to read through through all his horror novels and it's a pretty healthy list so I, I it's gonna take me a while before I get through all of them but I've read through like four or five and I'm gonna tell you a bit about each of those uh, I'm not gonna go into a deep deep review on I think any of them maybe the one that I read most recently but either way we'll just go through and so I started initially with this one book by him called the final girl support group this one was like I said it was the first one I read from him it was my foray into his work and right off the bat I will say Grady Hendrix does an amazing job of world building is what I think it's called. So literally just building the world for his book, like putting you into the time, the place, the when, where, why, who, what, like just giving you all of that information so that you're completely submerged into the work. And what I mean by the world building, just to give you some more detail, I'm going to try as hard as I can also to give you no spoilers. But by what I mean with the world building is there's visual elements to to each of his books from what I've noticed so far. So for this one, I'm going to read the synopsis. This says, Lynette Tarkington is one of several women who make up the Final Girl Support Group, a group of women who survive horrific massacres. Adrian was a camp counselor who survived a killer who claimed that he was seeking revenge for a non-existent son. Marilyn was attacked by bloodthirsty cannibals. Danny's brother Nick escaped from a mental asylum and on Halloween slaughtered anyone who stood between him and his sister. Julia was left a final girl after her boyfriend and one of his friends decided to turn her into a final girl. And Heather had to face a dream killer. Lynette herself had to deal with a situation dubbed the Silent Night Slayings by the media. The experience left a lasting impact on their lives that has endured into their later adulthood. Lynette is barely hanging on as she spends her time outside of groups sequestered in her apartment. The others are seemingly not much better in their lives, as the infamy and subsequent movie series about their experiences have made moving on difficult. The support group is one of the only things in their life that makes Lynette able to leave the safety of her apartment. When Adrian is found murdered in her home, Lynette is certain that someone is out to finish the work that their respective killers failed at, to kill all of the final girls once and for all. So right off the bat, that detail about this Adrian character, that's in like the first couple pages. That is not a spoiler. That is what gets the story going. Just to get back to what I meant about 
the visual elements in these stories is that they're throughout this book specifically because of the kind of book it is it's a little more like on the slasher side there are and there's single page inserts before the chapters are they're like blog entries or forums or chat rooms or newspaper clippings movie reviews that are all related to each of these characters and so it's not just like a picture it's presented in a way that it's like a screenshot of these things right and and it still has content that I think kind of helps the story go so you probably don't have to read them to understand the story and to keep interest in the book but they definitely help it gave you just tiny little like clues or morsels or like insights to the characters and to the story developing i think it was such a smart thing to do throughout the book so basically this book is kind of like if like like sydney prescott from scream or or laurie strode from halloween were real life people in our world and these movies and books were about them right granted murder and crime does happen a lot and and you know what there there are people that have been or there are certain i guess murders or what have you that have been glamorized but in the context of this book it would be again like if sydney prescott the character was a real person and the entire scream franchise she was like involved with it at some level, you know? And so it, it, it was really interesting to kind of bridge, obviously it's a fiction novel, but in my mind as I'm reading it to imagine those characters were real. So the next one that I read from Grady Hendrix was Horror Store. This one was more on the paranormal side and I'll read the synopsis just so that I don't ramble before you know anything about it. Horror Store is a 2014 horror comedy novel that was written by Grady Hendrix and illustrated by Michael Wigalski. So again, they do a really great job of building, of world building with these visual elements and throughout these books, because the store, which is this setting in this book, it's called Orsk. It's very much like Ikea and it has these names with these special characters. If you've seen Ikea's furniture and stuff, there's a lot of Swedish and they, they do actually a really good job of product design too and showing customers what a product is, how it's supposed to work, what your options are with it, you know, stuff like that. So throughout the book, there are again, pages like that and without giving too much information away, these actually, they really do help you understand either what just happened or they helped me really visualize the things that had just happened or the, th the things that were going to happen in the next chapter. So just to give you an idea of that. And the development of them from the first chapter to the end is amazing. But to continue, this says, it's set in Orsk, like I said, an Ikea-esque store that has been experiencing supernatural phenomena. The book's events take place largely over the course of one night in Orsk, and the story is accompanied by illustrations of Orsk products, yeah, which grow more sinister as the book progresses. Oh, damn, this would have been so cool. I just saw this for the first time. It says television rights to the series were optioned in 2015 by the Jocko group but fell through and as of 2020 the film rights have been optioned by New Republic Pictures. Ooh, so maybe there's a film in production. I'm going to look that up because I would love to see this as a movie. Again, this one was another banger. I just blew through this one. It was so easy to read. It was so fun to read. He also does a really good job of, I'm going to say, making me uncomfortable. <laughs> and it's not in a bad way. It's it's just the effect of his writing. Like that, that was the point of those moments is to make the reader uncomfortable because he's putting you and trying to describe you the situation that... This 
this a character is in at any point and he's just so good at it that I caught myself just like kind of wincing and moving around in my chair like oh this is making me feel ugly like I need to just move or kind of look away from a second from the book it's like books are movies for your head you guys in case you didn't know So the next one that I read was called, yeah, I read my best friend's exorcism after that one. And this one I am very excited for because they are turning this one into a movie and it's going to be, I think on Amazon. I'm so, so, so excited for this one. I'm going to tell you right now, when I finished this book, I was sobbing. I was crying, like tears running down my face. I'm not going to give, like I said, I'm not going to give any spoilers or any context as to why, but I will tell you that my boyfriend walked into the room and he said, are you crying? And I said, yeah, I am. (laughs) And he goes, wow, it must be a really good book. And he's also been reading Grady Hendrix too. So this book was just that good. I literally cried. I'm not exaggerating at all. I actually, physical tears coming out of my eyes. Like, I was trying not to get them on the book because I had to return to the library. It was so touching, so good. Which is very interesting because this book was demonic. (laughs) It's about an exorcism, right? So let me read this really quick uh, synopsis. The year is 1988, and Abby Rivers has just started her sophomore year of high school in South Carolina. She's glad to have her best friend Gretchen Lang at her side, as they have been inseparable since they met at Abby's 10th birthday back in 1982. Gretchen was the only one to come to Abby's ET-themed birthday party at the skating rink, and their friendship was cemented ever since. The novel then goes through their relationship from that point on, which includes singing into hairbrushes to Madonna, getting their hair braided in Jamaica, and dealing with the awkwardness of growing up, whether it's bad acne or overprotective parents. They even try LSD with their friends Glee and Margaret at Margaret's Lake House, a decision that results in Gretchen disappearing into the woods and returning a few hours later. Her friends are concerned, but Gretchen claims that nothing happened. Her actions belie her words as she begins acting increasingly more erratic, prompting Abby to suggest that Gretchen might actually be possessed by a demon. So very obviously, this one is right up my alley. I think the best way that I could personally describe it would be as if it was a coming-of-age story, but for creepy adults. I love a good coming-of-age story, like Love, Simon, Told the Boys I Loved Before, that kind of stuff. I think it's great. I love it. This, though, had that element of demonic possession, of the paranormal, of an exorcism, and it's also a little campy. As was mentioned when I was reading, I think, the synopsis for Horror Store is he's like a horror humorist, kind of, I think is what the entry said. But And it's not even that it's it's enough to take away from making you uncomfortable or scared or on the edge of your seat. You know, like a nod, nod, wink, wink. It's not very in your face because he does, again, keep that element of horror, of the paranormal. Again, just another one that I so enjoyed. And it's, like I said, being turned into a movie for Amazon. So I'm excited to see that. It's actually coming out at the end of this month. So I'm extremely excited right on time for spooky season. Chef's kiss. If you have the chance to read this book before the movie comes out, I highly suggest it. You will not regret it. And in doing the research for this, I saw that he was involved in another movie. So he actually wrote the screenplay for a movie called Satanic Panic. Uh, I think you can watch it also on Amazon Prime. But just a quick synopsis of this one, it says a pizza delivery girl at the end of her financial rope has to fight for her life and her tips when her last order of the night turns out to be high society Satanists in need of a virgin sacrifice. This one was campy. It was scary. It was gory. I feel like if you were to watch this movie and think, okay, if this were a book, how would it read? Then you would be able to tell the vibe 
vibe of his books and you can get a better idea of how he writes again because he wrote the screenplay for this so I highly highly suggest it and that's why it makes me excited for my best friend's exorcism because I'm hoping it's similar enough to this one maybe he'll surprise and it's going to be completely different but still amazing either way if you have the chance you should watch satanic panic it's so good the most recent one that i read was called we sold our souls and this one to read you the synopsis it says chris is a downtrodden woman barely making a living by working at best western she wasn't always like this as back in the 90s she was a guitarist for the heavy metal band dirt work the band was steadily growing in popularity and seemed like it was just about to make it to the big time when the band's lead singer terry hunt left to become a solo artist leaving his former friends behind chris's unhappiness and anger grows when she discovers that terry sold her soul for his success determined to confront the person who left her with nothing chris decides to try to Las Vegas to confront Terry. This was another one where he did an amazing job at making me so uncomfortable. There's one scene or one chapter where all I'm going to say without spoilers is if you've read this or if you're going to read this, the well scene, the well slash cave. That's all I'm going to say. If you know, you know. If you don't, you should read it and then let me know that you read it and how uncomfortable that made you. I'm not a squeamish person at all. I can see gore. I'm okay with most things, right? Within reason, obviously. Like, I am I would never want to see death or somebody die. Like, that That would, I think, mess me up for sure. If it's fiction, then it's fine, whatever, because I know it's fiction. But this, even though it was fiction, reading it and imagining it, it just, it was almost hard to read if it wasn't so enjoyable. I think is the best way that I can put that. And again, there were those elements of world building in this book where there was like screenshots or captions of like a radio show or reviews of bands and songs and like news, uh, breaking news entries and, and all that kind of stuff that were helping the story along, which I really appreciate. One is someone who is extremely like a visual person, which is funny because I ha- I do a podcast. Also, It was more text, it was more words, but just framed as like a screenshot or a captioning of something or, you know, or like a newspaper clipping, like stuff like that. I I thought it was, it, it was a really nice kind of like a break for the brain and just to like present more story in a different format. I was, I just, I really appreciated that. So most recently I started reading the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires. And I, I haven't been able to get into this one because of traveling for like the weekend. Like I had literally just started it before uh, this last weekend. So I didn't get to like sit down and read it, but I'm excited to read this one. This one was published in 2020. I don't have a lot of my own context to give you about it, but this says, Bored and neglected, 90s Southern suburban housewife Patricia Campbell has little in her life that truly brings her joy. Her days are filled with caring for a senile mother-in-law named Miss Mary, a doctor husband, Carter, who spends much of his time working, and two teenage children, Corey and Carter Jr., aka Blue, who are growing up and distracted by their own interests. Patricia's sole escape is her book club, which has recently splintered into a new group that focuses on true crime. The group includes Grace Cavanaugh, Kitty Scrub, Slick Paley, and Mary Ellen. The book club is a chance for these women to escape their domesticity and talk about things other than their husbands and children. However, everything changes when Patricia is attacked by an elderly neighbor named Anne Savage. Following the attack, Patricia meets Anne's nephew, James Harris. James seems dashing and is good at investments, but he harbors a little secret. He's a vampire. There's more to it. I only read half of the synopsis, but I actually don't want to read more of it because because I don't want to give away anything for myself. Again, like I said, 
cannot recommend this author enough. Yes, I, I'm being sponsored by Grady Hendrix. Use code SUSTO for 0% off of his books when you order. Now, I, I wish this was sponsored. I, I just want to say, like, I'm not promoting anything with this one. This is just, I'm such a fan of his books. I love that he is able to, to develop each of these stories. And I've only read four of them, right? Four or five. And each of them are so different. And I'm like, God, like the, the talent that someone has to have to be able to do that. And for each one to be so good. Like I said, I'm not a critic. I'm, I'm also someone who is not super critical, even of like books and shows when I watch them, they have to be really, really, really bad for me to be like, I didn't like that. But even then, I'm not extremely critical. So that could just be me being like, I like everything. It's all good. But I really do think that he's a great writer. Like I said, my boyfriend's also been reading him and he's been enjoying him. I'll have him be the metric for, you know, it's good or it isn't because I'm sure I would have liked it either way. But one more time, highly recommend his books and I can't wait to keep reading them and to read other ones. We'll address that after this. I can't wait to keep reading books like this and to read more of his books. Uh, Like I mentioned before, he has a long list of books that I want to get through, but also pretty much all of my episodes have been centered on Latinx and Hispanic cultures, South and Central American cultures, and I obviously would love to keep it that way. But sometimes I just want to share with you the things that I'm consuming. And, you know, I'm a person, I'm a normal person, I don't only consume one type of content. Um, So I really wanted to share these with you. But moving forward, I would love to read more from Latinx and Hispanic authors, especially from the horror genre. So if if you all have any suggestions, and I know that there's tons out there, I've seen them before, like I've seen the TikToks, I've seen the lists and all that, but I want to hear from you specifically. I value your opinion and I want to know also what content you all are reading. So if you have books like this that are by Latinx or Hispanic authors, please let me know so I can look into them because I would love to do a book review on those. Also, I wanted to mention, and I think it worked out perfectly, I didn't even think about this when I mentioned doing a book review in the last episode. And then when I realized, I thought, I have to do it now. So September is actually National Library Card Sign-Up Month. So all of these books that I've been reading, I have checked out from the library. And I have been so fortunate that my library has had all of these. I haven't had to go and buy them, which I would have, but my library did have them. So I was like, hell yeah, score. (laughs) I can just use my library card. I've had my library card for a couple months now. And I want to suggest that you all do the same. Libraries are such important spaces, especially right now. They are places of knowledge. They can also be not even just like places to get a book. They can also be community centers. They can be safe spaces for people. Again, I just want to say, please go out, get a library card. Even if you don't use it, I'm pretty sure it looks really good for their numbers. They can say like this many people signed up this year that we need funding because this is who we're serving. And I would just suggest looking up your local library or the libraries in your area. You just really don't know until you check what resources do I have available to me here. And I think it's really important. And on top of that, September, I forgot which day it starts. I want to say it starts like sometime mid-September is also Hispanic Heritage Month. So even doubly, I want to make sure that I am finding the content by 
Hispanic authors. So again, if you have any suggestions for horror novels or paranormal novels by Latinx and or Hispanic authors, please send those suggestions my way. I know that I can find a list easy online and I will be looking for some, but I, again, would love to hear your suggestions because I value your opinion as my Susto fam. And as always, before I go, I want to give credit to August's Susto patrons. I want to thank Liza, Sadie, Alejandra, Luther, April, Mario, Eva, Dee, Victoria, Josette, Sam, Angela and Co, Amanda, Julianne, Karen, Laurie, Julie, Cami, Jeannie, Monica, Desiree, Anna, Dottie, Denise, Brenda, Jenny, Ashes, and Neressa. Oh, I made it. I finally made it through the list. Thank you all so, so much for your patronage. You make this show possible. Truly appreciate it. And um, oh, if you got your Susto mail, I sent it out last week and I know some of you are already getting it. Post it online, tag me in pictures or videos, especially if you're a best school friend, you got a little freebie in there. It's this beautiful art print that I partnered or collaborated with Art Toast Adrian on Instagram. He allowed me to use his artwork and to do a foil print over it. So it's shiny in some parts. It looks really cool. I'll be making a video about that and posting it soon. Thank you so much for that. Also, if you have any stories, any pictures, video, audio, anything that you want to share with me so that I can share on the show or on the socials, do so by sending a DM to at Susto Podcast on socials. Send me an email to SustoPodcast at gmail.com or leave it in a five-star review. Thank you all so much. If you want to become a patron, you can do so by visiting patreon.com slash Podcast and figuring out which tier works best for you. I will talk to you all in the next one and go read a book. Bye.